Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Ninth State Sports Show Lacrosse Edition. Uh, my name is Joe Marchalina. Joining me, as always, when we talk about lacrosse, is Derry Field AD and boys uh, head coach Chris Hetler. Chris, how are you doing today? Doing great, Joe. We're gonna uh, we're gonna stick we're gonna stay away from the weather talk today, <laughs> and uh, we got we got a lot of lacrosse was, action here. That was first on the list of what we were. You know, <laughs> I was gonna make a joke about how, you know, we were so warm last week, and now we're freezing. It's already started. No shorts for no, you this no, week. So. No shorts. Uh, oh, maybe tomorrow. It might, it's a little warmer on Thursday. So, Well, you can listen to the, show, the Ninth State Sports Show every Thursday morning during the lacrosse season by going to nh-highschoolsports.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts, including Spotify and Odyssey. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at, at Sports. Uh, you can send us feedback or questions there or by sending an email to nhhighschoolsports at gmail.com. And uh, this week, the uh, the road show continues. Uh, we are at uh, Backyard Brewery and Kitchen in Manchester recording this week's show. Uh, they uh, It was funny. I reached out to them to see if we could come back, and they were like, hey, we remember you guys. Not only do they remember us, but but they remembered uh, at our food we, order, we our like drink order. Yeah. Like. <laughs> Um, you made so quite the impression I, last year. I hope it was a good impression. Um, they even had our booth ready for us. Uh, all right, well, now let me take a moment to tell you about our sponsor. Uh, the Ninth State Sports Show is proudly sponsored by Prolax Customs Lacrosse. Prolax Customs Lacrosse is the place to go in southern New Hampshire for professional stick stringing and custom-dyed lacrosse heads. Prolax Customs has access to every major brand of lacrosse head and mesh, including ECD, String King, and even the new Armor Mesh. And goalies, if you're looking for an upgraded pocket or a brand new stick, Prolax Customs is the place to go. You can find them online at ProlaxCustoms.com or follow them on Instagram or Facebook or send an email to ProlaxLacrosse at gmail.com. You know, and if, uh, if you'd like to uh, join uh, um, Joe from Prolax Customs, and uh, be a sponsor for the show as well. Uh, still looking for sponsors, of course. Uh, you can find out more information about that by sending me an email at nhhighschoolsports uh, at gmail.com. All right. Like you said, we got a lot to talk about because uh, I feel like it was a pretty busy first week. Um, but Kind of um, helped to shape things with the poll, though, I think, yeah, a little bit yeah, this week. Yeah. right? Like um, I, I, Last week we had a ton of different teams. I didn't actually see the receiving other votes this week. Did it? Did it pare down, or did you still have a lot of? Did you still have a lot of people in in uh, in discussion there? No, it um, it kind of we weeded some teams out last week. So we had um, four fourteen teams total getting votes. So four outside of the top ten, um, and it was you know it was very clear who the voters had in their top eight. I think once you got past eight, it dropped. It was a little. Those nine and ten spots were mixed among the six teams remaining, and that's why you know we end up with lower vote totals there. Um, you know, but once again, you had Bishop Girton in the top spot, all the first place votes, um, and the top. Actually, the the only change, <laughs> the one through nine, was pretty much the same. Only change was the team in number ten, which technically was tied for ninth. Um, but you had BG, Exeter, Pinkerton, Derryfield, Portsmouth top five what did change was the gap between five and six closed a little bit bedford moved a little bit close or moved actually quite a bit closer to portsmouth uh in that number six spot created some separation from londonderry at seven timberlane only one point behind londonderry in eighth 
And then St. Thomas and Wyndham tied for ninth with Winnicunit dropping uh, out of the poll but still receiving votes. You had Merrimack, Winnicunit, Bow, and Hollis Brookline getting votes. Yeah, I'll be I'll be surprised next. Uh, it'll be interesting to see the next coaches poll that comes out. We'll touch on the uh, the Portsmouth Timberland game earlier, but you know, great game and, and Timberland more than proving themselves in, in against uh, Portsmouth there. So I, I I would agree. I think the gap the gap is not large between any of those teams in the top even top eight right now. Really, it's it's um yeah it's close. You know, Beachy is in Exeter pretty far ahead because again Beachy's getting all the first place votes. Exeter's getting, I think, all but maybe one or two second-place votes. Um, you know, but then you look at everyone else. You know, Pinkerton, 10 points back of Exeter. Derryfield, 8 points back of Pinkerton. And then, like I said, Portsmouth and Bedford. And then Londonderry, Timberlane, very, very close in the poll. So, yeah, it'll be, um, it'll be an interesting week, especially given some of the games that are coming up. The other thing to factor in, too, and uh, I'll, I'll give you a warning right now. I'm going to send out the reminder email. Uh, on Friday uh, because I feel like every vacation week there's always a couple people that like you know maybe I'm sending it to their school emails and they don't see it so we're a little lighter on the polls that week so um, I'll be reminding everybody a little bit earlier than usual get it done get it done now by Friday have your (laughs) have your have your have your votes ready for Friday yeah Um, well before we get into to um, you know our our in-depth talk um there was something else that you wanted to mention um yeah you know i just uh not you know unfortunately starting the starting the podcast on a little bit of a downer but um you know a longtime friend of lacrosse in new hampshire uh longtime coach longtime just lacrosse enthusiast gordy webb um has has been um his health has been uh, a little on the decline lately he's been in the hospital we i think both of us saw it from uh uh, of all places, Lincoln Sudbury, right. they posted yeah. something on Twitter, on social media to let the lacrosse community know. And then I saw it kind of go viral from there and kind of take off. Nashua South uh, had retweeted it. You know, he was a long time, uh, bas- basically grew the program right. at yeah. Nashua yeah. when it was one school, won the school's first ever state championship, helped them to that, um, was active in the area there, was a, you know, a long time coach up at Plymouth State. Uh, he coached down in Massachusetts for a long time. He's he's uh, he's touched a lot of different uh, lives in, in lacrosse and helped a lot of programs and and individuals um, their careers take off from that. And so, you know, just just wanted to wish Gordy uh, wish him well. And and I've heard that that things are on on the mend and in, in, in getting better. Yeah, the 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 news yesterday I think said that he was in the ICU, and then today. Um, the same account, the Lincoln Sudbury lacrosse account, tweeted that he was out of ICU, but still, you know, in in, in rough shape. Um, so yeah, definitely, definitely hoping that, you know, he makes a turn and 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 um, you know gets gets better from whatever is it is that's going on. Um, and just you mentioned that you know the the Nashua South, and I know I saw, you know, Steve Gaudreau, um I'm assuming he runs the Pinkerton. Yeah, lacrosse Steve posted account. A, he posted a great picture well. there yeah. of himself as a as a young man, and you know, when in, in, in a picture with Gordy there when they, I, I believe they won the championship right, together. Right, yeah, in '98, I believe yep. that was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we were juniors in high school. I, I I shouldn't say maybe I shouldn't say we. Steve, I was a senior. I was a, I was a junior at Nashua, but I had nothing to do with the lacrosse team then. Uh, uh, so you know that that uh, that let me clear that up. But I mean, what a just what a rough year for the Nashua lacrosse programs you know to have this news you have the news of 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 two coaches former coaches on the boys and girls sides um passing away last fall 
in, in Bill Monson and, and um, Lindsay Maynard. Um, you know, so just, you know, really hoping to hear, just, just to have, you know, something yeah. that's a little bit more positive to talk about, hoping that, um, you know, Gordy pulls yeah. through. So, I mean, again, thoughts and prayers out to Gordy, and, and uh, we'll be watching if, there, if there's anything that we can do for Gordy and his family and things like that. Uh, proactively, you know, we'll, we'll definitely pass those along, and I would encourage our listeners to follow on social media to uh, to to follow his updates because he really did. He he really has been a, a pillar of the lacrosse community in New Hampshire, and uh, anything we can do to help him and his family would be would be great. Okay. All right. Well, we'll get into uh, to the talk about the games, and and I I want to start with the game that we were uh, we were hoping to talk about at the end of the show last week. And uh, we couldn't because it went into triple overtime. Uh, and that was, of course, the, uh, the season opener between uh, Bishop Girton and Hingham. I mean, what a, what a start to the out-of-state slate for, for, uh, for lacrosse in New Hampshire there to have, you know, Hingham, a perennial uh, Massachusetts powerhouse, you know, Division One program come up here, um, you know, in the finals in Massachusetts multiple times, have won state championships in the past, and come up here, agree to come up here to play at PMA. Well, I know it was supposed <laughs> right, to be at Stellos, right. but... Yeah. Plays it plays at PMA. Great atmosphere from everything from everything I heard there, and then to have it go into triple overtime, uh, <laughs> unbelievable. And uh, Timmy Kiley with the with the big overtime overtime goal there to, I, to his, send BG. His uh, I was surprised to see too. His only goal of the game too was that overtime winner. Um, you know, they I would imagine they did a little scouting beforehand and knew of Timmy Kiley. Yeah. but <laughs> you would think so. Yeah, um, you know, BG got out to a three or three two lead the first quarter. Uh, it's four three at halftime. Um, you know, looking at the the, the box score, it's um, what six five going into the fourth quarter, and then uh, from what I saw, the updates I saw, Hingham comes back and takes a lead. BG has to come back and tie it at seven. Hingham goes up again. They have to come back and tie it at eight. Um, and then, um, uh, you know, they they go into overtime. Um, I just uh, the three overtimes is just. Correct me if I'm wrong. Hingham tied it up late, right? Was uh, it, was BG it like, tied BG it up tied late. Yeah, it up late? yeah, I believe it was late. The like the last two minutes or so. I remember. I think. I think we were here. I think we were saying that that I the last one I had was Bouvier had tied it, but tied it up at uh, at sevens, I think. And then at I think, that point, I think uh, Aiden Lorendo scored. Aiden Lorendo scored at, late. At eight, I think right. so. Uh, apologies if that's not actually the case, but I think that that was correct. Well, what I what I saw is overtime. Like it was, it was tense. Like both teams had opportunities. I heard, um, I heard Will Murphy stood on his head. Uh, you know, made made some big saves in the in, in the uh, in the second half in overtime there. Um, but both teams had opportunities, and, and Timmy ended up just making a play. Yeah, Murphy finished with eight saves. I think he must have played. I know Zach Connerty. I'm guessing got the start, made four saves, and they must have switched at halftime. Um, because Murphy, nice luxury yeah, to have. yeah right. <laughs> um, but you're right. I mean, that started off what what's been, you know, um, so far uh, a nice out of states. You know, then you had Pinkerton on Saturday going to to Falmouth, Maine, and pulling out um, an 11-8 win there. I believe they they got out to a big lead in the first half. I was going to say it felt like from everything we saw, it felt like a comfortable game, and then it, it got next a little thing you tighter. know, yeah, yeah, they're they're hanging on. Um, yeah, let me pull that up real quick. Uh, nope, that's not it. <laughs> uh, why would I have these things ready to go before we actually did this? Uh, yeah, they got out to a 6-1 lead in the first quarter. Uh, it was 9-2 at halftime. And then, uh, you know, Pinkerton had to hang on for that 11-8 win over uh, over Falmouth. 
Uh, the thing that jumps out to me about that game, though, is, is uh, Cole Frank. I mean, just establishing himself. We talked early in the season about him being one of the premier guys in Division One. 17 for 18 in a game like that you 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 gotta have possessions are possessions are huge and uh you know to be able to stop teams from going on runs and you know when the tide when the tide's turning there to be able to lean on cole like that uh is huge for them early season the other guy um i think stands out in that one i mean of course you've got multiple goal scorers there um but but tyler leblanc with seven saves and uh you know even that one they got out to the lead Tuesday, they host uh, St. John's of, of Shrewsbury, um, and that one, LeBlanc had a huge first half. Only made six saves, um, but, but all six of them were, kept were them, legit and kept them yeah. in the game. Um, when the offense really wasn't wasn't getting no. going and, and, you know, the game could have gotten out of control, and, yeah. I mean, I mean Coach Gaudreau kind of mentioned that early in the season. He felt like goaltending was going to be a strength for them this season. And with, with you know, him and, and, and Curtis Michaud, I mean, the, the two – yeah, the two seniors that have been you know, around the block a couple of times, um, very good goalies. Uh, Tyler on, on Tuesday was just in that first half. I thought he was out of his mind. Um, you know, he also made a couple of plays coming out of the crease to pick up ground balls that no one else was getting at and, and to, to get the clear going. Um, you know, when, when Pinkerton really needed, I mean, their defense was playing well. He was playing outstanding. And then the, the offense for that first half looked like they were sleepwalking. I'm wondering, I, I'm wondering when the last time a Pinkerton team has been shut out at halftime. I mean, I, I definitely, I, I can't think of that off the top of my head. There might've um, been one of those games last year where they had so their out of state schedule was pretty rough last year. Uh, I, I don't remember off the top of my head, it but definitely they might hasn't happened too yeah, often. No, no. Um, and then you can almost just feel it. They came out the second half, scored a minute, less than a minute into the second half, and it just, the momentum swung. You could just feel it, that they were, the, the intensity was there. Um, you know, they went on a 6-0 run to go up 6-3 late in, the, late in that third quarter. Uh, and then St. John's comes back in the final couple minutes and puts two up on the board. And I actually, I joked with Tyler after the game, like, I was like, were you watching the offense so much that you kind of fell asleep back there? And he <laughs> laughed. He said, yeah, may, yeah maybe I did. Uh, but, you know, my bad. Um, but then he came out in the fourth quarter. And Shut probably he made one of the save, one, a save that, I, I don't know, you'd be hard-pressed to find another guy that's going to make it. He had a one-on-none breakaway. St. John's had a, a, a guy break free. He's behind the defense by at least 10, 15 yards. And I don't remember exactly the – what he did but Tyler makes a save Pinkerton gets the ball back uh, St. John's takes a penalty they go down and score it's now 7-5 and that started a 4-0 run to end the game that um, they just the last six, five, six minutes of the game they just did not give up the ball despite getting just assaulted by St. John's I mean, there was one kid that was basically just going around whipping people on the legs with his stick uh, at the end of the game I um, I was I couldn't believe like they threw a flag at the end, um, but time ran out before before they could before actually they could make actually, the call. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they they the way they came back in that game, I, I mean, I hate to use that cliche, but it was like as bad as they were in the first half was as good as they were in the second half. Like I, I don't really it was like two different teams. Well, it really sets them up nicely for the rest of the season. I mean, to start the season 4-0, yeah. they've been kind of laying in the weeds a little bit. You know, everybody's talking about BG and, and Exeter. They've got a big end of the week here. You got you're at Exeter and then they got Longmeadow the next day. 
Um, you know, that'll be interesting to see. One, how does the Exeter game go? How do they match up with Exeter? Can they get the win there? If they lose that game, if you've expended all that energy, how do you turn around the next day against a, you know, a perennial power in Longmeadow? Um, and, and because that's going to be a critical game for seeding, too. I mean, they're not done. They've got, they've got Hingham still on the schedule. Algonquin's still on the schedule. They've got a game with Bishop Girton. They've got Londonderry twice. Um, they, it's not like, you know, they've got Bedford still there. Uh, Andover, there, there's a ton of games left there that you know that are important. Like you know, they're they're in the mix for for the one and the two seed. I, I think I gave you bad info. I think the Longmeadow game is actually at Pinkerton. I think in the the uh, I put at it Longmeadow is. there. Yeah. No, so I have. Did you okay? They I, have, I, yeah, they're I think home. I no, they are home. The they road. do turn around. Um, but it's even shorter. You got a six thirty game at Exeter, and then you get a four o'clock game at Longmeadow the next day. And those games, I mean, that's that's a as much as any of these out of state games are rivalries. That's a those. Two programs they've been, have been playing, playing for a long for time, a long yeah, a long long time. Um, so I feel like those are always just. I feel like I, I can't remember what the connection is there between the coaching staff, but I know there what there was a connection between there, and that's why they've been playing for so long. Yeah. Um, but yeah, always a great game. Longmeadow is actually they're they're a D two team in Massachusetts, but they are they are really really they traditionally very very good. I right. actually I shouldn't say that this year. I haven't been following them, but. <laughs> Um, yeah, they do yeah. always seem to have yeah. guys, and they seem to, to always play a great game with, with Pinkerton. Yeah. Um, yeah, so those um, – you mentioned big games coming up. The other one that to kind of keep an eye on for this weekend is the uh, the game between BG and Staples out of Connecticut. Um, another game that they're going to play at a neutral play site. Play Providence, Providence College. College yeah. on Saturday. I yep. think it's a 3 o'clock start. Um, th- that's that a game, pretty cool atmosphere. That's yeah. pretty neat to get both teams travel there and uh, meet there. I believe that game last year was uh, Staples obviously won that game. I think it was kind of handedly slanted in their favor. Um, they were a great team last yeah, year. Yeah. Um, you know, but I, I definitely think that benefited BG in the long run. They they got to they got to see some things that they need to clean up and get better, and and they did. So yeah, interest. It'll be interesting to see again, like you said about Long Metal. Know nothing about at, at all about Staples except that they're probably. Very, very good. Uh, They're a legit team. They're a yeah. very legit team this year. That'll be a great win. Uh, if, if BG can pull that out, even at a neutral site, I think that that'll be that. Again, another feather in the cap for New Hampshire right. if, if we're able to get that one. Yeah. Uh, so one other D one game I wanted to talk about that I, I saw a little bit of this week uh, was the Manchester Nashua North game uh, on Monday. Six um, five was the final. North wins that one, um, which you know. I, 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 you're going to be listening to this and say, "Are you really talking playoffs in on on you know the the second week of the season?" I'm like, "Yeah, I I am talking playoffs." Well, that one that one is big. That for one is going to be big it, for. It's a really good win for North too. Because correct me if I'm wrong, but Jack no, Peters wasn't no, playing in that game. No, Jack Peters in that game. He uh, he played. I think their first game of the year. Um, you know, has just been had a lingering I think basketball injury that's just you know been nagging him a little bit. So he didn't play in that game. Uh, Alec Jenkerson actually came in, had four goals for North uh, in that one. And their um, their freshman goalie, who I believe had never played lacrosse before this year, Jace Cologne, uh, came up with five big saves in that fourth quarter as Manchester's trying to come back, tie that game. Um, you know, but but for for Manchester, that's a tough loss. You know, you come off an opening opening week where you lose to Pinkerton, you lose to BG. You know, you look at that game and and and. Um, you look at that game, oh, and um, they do have an opportunity. Yeah. They will have an opportunity coming up. They they've got another they've got another winnable game at Nashua South. Both teams both teams a little bit young this year. 
Um, you know, and then they turn around and they will get another shot at Nashua North. Now, chances are Jack Peters might be playing in that game, <laughs> so it might be yeah. a little tougher that second time around. But they will have him at home on the 26th vacation week. Again, you never know. Never know yeah. who's going to yeah. be who's going to be playing then. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in terms of playoff seating, that's that's a huge win for North. North has got an interesting setup. You know, at the end of this week too, they play Hollis Brookline tomorrow. You know, arguably a very good opponent, one that you know they're going to be geared up for, crosstown rival there. And then they turn around the next day, and they've got a huge game with Salem. I mean, that at that Sa- has, at Salem, Salem too, that's got yeah. playoff implications right yeah. there too. Uh, and then you, you, even further, you know, before that game against Manchester, they've got Keen Manadnock yep. coming in uh, for a noon game on Monday. Uh, I might I might vacation head over to that week. one there. Yeah, um, always appreciate when the uh, it is a fun it, vacation week can be fun with the, with those early morning starts or like like you know like um, I was uh, I know I said the last time I did this I probably never do it again, but um, the stars might align Monday for me to do four games if I really want to, but. What I've learned is I've become AD is that uh, a lot of schools and ADs schedule games on Monday and Tuesday of that week, and then they don't schedule anything else <laughs> and kind of give their kids and, and maybe the AD the rest of the yeah. week off. Um, so kind of an interesting way to kind of fit some things it. in but still get a little bit of a vacation at the same time. In some cases, I've noticed the opposite. Where really? Where schools have games. They don't have games until like Thursday oh, or Friday. Oh, right, right. Give them yeah. the front end of the vacation yeah. off. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, I, yeah, that's an in- yeah, maybe that is the case. All right. Well, um, any other thoughts on Division One um, from this week? Um, you know, I I like uh, I like the start that Merrimack is off to. Um, you know, we we sort of we didn't really get to touch on that. I mean, they had a they had a tremendous game at Londonderry, nearly knocked off Londonderry. Uh, they lost five four in a game that day. You know, it was cold. It was rainy. It was at Londonderry on the grass. You know, um, but I mean, that's a that's a really good start for them. They took care of business. They beat South ten one. They beat National North. Uh, 13-2, um, so that that's a great start for Merrimack there, um, you know. And then I think um, we didn't really touch on the uh, the Bedford Exeter game either um, from the other night. You know that that game that that was a, a hard hitting game, one that Exeter kind of pulled away late from. Um, you know, I think I think that it's obviously a good win for Exeter, but I think there were some good signs for Bedford there as well, even in even in that loss. Well, the other big game that was uh, Tuesday night um, out in Portsmouth, you had Timberlane Portsmouth meeting up in a rematch of the um, 2021 D2 final, um, and that one was a little, you know, a little bit closer than than that Exeter Bedford game. I think what Portsmouth got a, a 10-7 win in that one, um, you know, and just what it sounds like was a really great back and forth kind of battle. It was. I mean, they jumped out, jumped out to a. I think it was three nothing, and then I think it was yeah. three to one at the end of one. It was seven five, uh, six four at the half, seven five. I think it might have been a five four. I think five four Tim, five. Tim, yeah, it was a one goal. Up, you're yeah, right. Yeah, it was a one goal tied lead it up at some point, and then it was seven five going into the fourth, and so it was kind of back and forth. It was it was in doubt for a lot of that game. Um, you know, Keegan Delisle had a big game that day, at least three goals, and I think maybe three helpers. Um, Brady Marston net for Timberlane played, you know, just, just stood on his head and had a, had a huge game. Um, you know, I, I think it's, uh, it's clearly two teams that are starting to separate themselves in division two and establish themselves as, as teams to beat there. Um, I think both teams probably learn, learn some things about themselves in that game and, and what they need to do to, to get better as the season goes along. Well, we, we talked about what Timberlane had done in its first two yeah. games and then they, they, op- they finished that week, that first week of the season three, and zero. 53 goals in three games, um, you know, and then for Timberlane to, to come out and hold them to seven 
Um, you know, Portsmouth I think that's seven, yeah. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Uh, Portsmouth hold them to seven. You know, and a big part of that, I think, was their, uh, what, the sophomore goalie, Kai Patterson, uh, turned in a nice performance, too. Uh, maybe not, I, you know, you, you mentioned that, that Brady Morrison kind of, you know, stood on his head a little bit there at times. But so maybe had the better of the two games. But but for, um, you know, a, a guy making his third varsity start. Made stops when he needed to make stops. Yeah, you know, yeah. did, did enough that, okay, we, we've stopped momentum and then, you know, allowed Portsmouth to get the ball and get down on the other end there. Um, you know, I, I, I heard throughout the game that, uh, you know, Timberlane did a good job of, 10-man riding and putting putting uh putting Portsmouth in some situations and and that you know were a little bit uncomfortable right and took them out of their rhythm of being able to just just run and um you know anybody who knows Portsmouth knows you got to stop transition right you got to stop Zach and Ben in the open field you can't give them easy easy fast break goals um and, and Timberlane did a really good job coach Blaska you know did a had a good defensive plan in there and to Coach Bisher's credit, you know, he kept his guys calm and, and they played, uh, they did what they needed to do to get the W at the end of the day. Yeah, men to finish with the four goals. Keegan Delisle had three. You know, and, and, a, and a guy that, um, you know, I, I don't think got as much um, talk from that game, you know, maybe just because he didn't do as much scoring. But, um, you know, I heard from another coach, I, I don't want to mention who in D2, but it wasn't, it wasn't you. <laughs> um, Nick Smith looks like he's gained a step you know like that, that he's winning face-offs and before anybody has a chance to catch up he's already five yards ahead oh he's getting downfield I mean, he, yeah he's dynamic he can you know if you that's the thing you you can't allow him to pinch and pop and that's i think we saw that in the in their opening game against uh winnicunit where you know it, it it changed in a blink of an eye right and if you allow that to happen um you know it just it makes it so difficult to come back against them yeah so that um, that game gives Timberlane a loss. Um, there are now five other teams, though, in Division Two, that are still undefeated: uh, Wyndham, Hollis, Brookline, Derryfield, Portsmouth, St. Thomas. And I feel like of, of the you know sometimes you you early in the season you end up with a team that's you know started out the year with a couple of um, of good wins, but maybe isn't quite. You know, once they get into the meat of their schedule, they're not going to be up there as long. I feel like those five teams, though, um, that's a pretty good top five. Uh, it is a good point. top. It is a good top five. It is like if you like blue bloods, it's it's definitely <laughs> a a blue blood heavy yeah, uh, for Division Two. Uh, it's a blue blood heavy top five there right now, including you know including Timberlane, just on the outside right now. But um, you know, it is unfortunate because they, it is a fairly the, the schedules in Division Two are unbalanced. Um, and, you know, I think you – I'm, I'm telling you, there's going to be – in the top eight at the end of the season, there are going to be – I think there are going to be some upsets in the playoffs because I think you're going to see some some really good teams with a couple losses that um, may not have a top four seed at the end at the end of the season here because of that. I, I hope – you know, I, I you know me. I always root for chaos. Um, you and I just hope everybody has fun. Okay, well, that's yeah. Well, that's doesn't that's the fun part of it, isn't it? You know, the unknown, uh, the upsets, right? I mean, didn't didn't wasn't this March Madness tournament uh, fantastic? This out, outside of UConn, wasn't it? It was a lot of fun, you know, just because of their the upsets. I feel like we say this a lot about Division Two, is that someone's going to surprise someone from from down below, um, but I, I mean, it doesn't always work out that way. Um, so I would I would I hope. I hope maybe we see a little bit of that this year. Um, 
But on the flip side of that, there's a couple of teams still looking for that first win. A couple of them, you know, have only played a game or two. Winnicott is uh, legit. Like, even though they're 0-3 right now, they're, they're, very, they're very legit. They've had a tough start to the schedule. I mean, they've played three teams that, you know, most people are talking about as being in that upper echelon of, of, of Division II teams. They're gonna get. They're gonna get. The, they're gonna get their first win, and then they're gonna. They're gonna get things rolling. They're, the back half of the schedule for them is is a, is a lot lighter than the front half, and and they're gonna be a team that you know Coach Snow is gonna coach those guys up, and they're gonna be a tough team that you know you may not want to see come playoff time. You, you didn't even let me ask the question. I you just I knew where you were going. With where it. I was I going, where going with it. Couldn't even get it out. Um, yeah, you know I, I I you've seen them play a little bit more than I have. I saw them against you guys last week. You know, and it kind of looked like once you know. Obviously, first quarter, rough going for them. Um, I think it was 7 nothing at one point. But, you know, you could see that once they were able to kind of establish a little bit more as the game wore on. Um, and, there and there we, are tremendous pieces there. Yeah. There are very and, good and pieces And we talked about, you know, their defense was, was you know, that was going to be the, the, the part that needed to catch up. Um, and I think that's what you see, you've seen in these early games is that, you know, they've fallen behind early and they've had to play catch up and then just they can't they can't get that those stops that they need at that point and that's that's something that's going to come with time i'm looking forward to and again it's vacation week so you don't know what will happen but i'm looking forward to winnicott at windham in a couple weeks i'm expecting windham to come on and undefeated in that game um and welcome and welcome the warriors into into the uh the jaguar den there and uh you know that that should be a fun game you know and that's that's sandwiched around a game for for winnicott um you know they've got a couple other winnable games around there, um, like you said. Um, so they could come out of they could go, be going into the end of the first week of May, and be back, um, maybe even over five hundred. Uh, I don't know anybody else in D two that's kind of um, catching your eye. Um, early on, you know, I just uh, I want I want to give a, a shout out quick to to Coach Lawson over at Pembroke. Um, you know, they've they've been impressive in what they've done. They've they've gotten two wins on the season. They've been competitive in in all of their games that they've played. Um, good numbers over there. He he's building right now, and um, you know he's got he's got an opportunity over the next couple of weeks to pick up some pick up some wins here. It is it is always tough over vacation week, but um, you know it's good to see Pembroke playing well right now. Um, you know, a couple other teams, Merrimack Valley, after they were a team that we talked about early in the season, um, you know, as a potential, you know, top eight team. After a slow start against SDA, you know, they picked up two good wins over over an Alburn team that, you know, uh, early season was surprising. Was, yeah. was surprising. Yeah. And then and then took care of business against Spalding. So they set up kind of what I was talking about there. They've got it's uh, it's Merrimack Valley versus Pembroke. Uh, on Friday, so that that's a big one for potential D two seating right there. And then uh, I'm just checking see if we've gotten a score yet from any other games uh, on Wednesday. There was um, there were a Oyster couple River other, Dover. That was that, the one I was, was looking for. That that's a big one today uh, but too. I have not seen a score from that one as of this moment. So um, yeah, Coach Haley out at uh, out at Oyster River. He's got some he's got some really good freshmen uh, doing some doing some good things for them there. Um, you know, obviously Sam Gillamette is a as a senior at midfield, but he's got a lot of young kids playing for him right now, and they're playing well. Um, beat Kingswood the other day, thirteen to three. Um, Ty Callender has been has been lighting it up for them. Uh, a lefty yeah. attackman there, he's he's scored, pumped in a lot of goals, a lot of points lately. Yeah, I, I this nothing been, we can find. Been right? a, been a surprise. No, nothing yet. Um, 
Yeah, he's been kind of the guy that's caught my eye too, seeing a lot of their updates. Um, you know that he's been in pretty much every every score sheet or on every score sheet. You know, so far this year. I feel like uh, you know Gostown's kind of righted the ship a little bit. You know, we were I think people were were um, I don't know, shocked, pleasantly surprised at Alburn, but like also shocked, you know early season that game they dropped at Alburn, but then you know they righted the ship, beat Kingswood. Beat Han- welcomed Hanover uh, down there to the Grizzly Den and, and got that win the other day. Um, sets up a, a big game, a big week for them over vacation with with Portsmouth and then turn around and they've got at uh, – oh, I'm sorry. It looks like that's been postponed. They were supposed oh, to play Sauhegan the next day, but it looks like that game's been moved. Um, just, anyway, just as you were looking at it? Or? Just as I was wow, looking at it. Wow, that's – How about that? Pretty good up to date update, there. Yeah. Live updates yeah. wow, as we go. Wow. That was uh, – you don't see that very often. <laughs> Um, but yeah, you know they they're, they're a team that uh, you know is I, I expected them to be good this year in, in Division Two, and and uh, it seems like they've righted the ship there. And then Hollis Brookline off to a very hot start too at three and zero, putting up double digit points in, in each one of their wins so far on the season. You know, you mentioned them having um, a game against North later this week. Yep. They've also got one next week. Um, against Bedford. They've actually got a, an interesting stretch over the next couple of days. North on, on Thursday, at Timberlane on Friday, which I'm sure they're going to want some revenge. Timberlane's been the team that's knocked them out of the playoffs the last two years. So that's a big one. Then they got Alvern. Uh, I wanted, that's Tuesday. Be, that, that is, that's, that is no, that's no pushover. Yeah. You can't look past that game. And then they finish out uh, vacation week with home games against Bedford. An 11, 11 a.m. Thursday start. That should be a fun one. And then Friday with Keen Manadnock. I mean, that's a that's a busy that's a busy week there, and and, a, and kind of a critical turning point of the, it could be a critical turning point of the season too. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Interesting uh, stretch for Hollis. All right, one uh, one other division to go would be D three. Um, you know, fewer undefeated teams there because a lot of these top teams have been playing each other. Um, so right now you've got Bo, yeah, Bo and Cole Brown last week. Uh, Bo and Cole Brown played last week, with Bo getting that one. So Bo's at four and zero. They have a a four three win against Plymouth on Wednesday, and then the other four and zero team you've got right now is Campbell, who had a I was either six three or five three win over Trinity on Wednesday. Uh, so offense is nowhere to be found in Division three right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, teams, I've, you know, early season, a lot of these teams, they don't have turf, right? You're, right. you're, you're getting out on a, t- on, a, on a full field for a lot of times. This is like your first full week of doing it. Um, you know, and, and talking to a lot of coaches and seeing games, there's a lot of zone defense being played. And, and if you haven't practiced a lot of that, you're, that's what you're going to get. You're going to get a lot of lower scoring games. And over the last couple of days, the weather has not been particularly great, you know, and you get six that are bagged out and you're not shooting the way you thought you would. Um, it's going to lead to scores like that. But yeah. great start for Campbell. I mean, you know, it's a team that we thought may potentially take a step back. They do have guys in, in key places that are going to be good for them, but we weren't sure of their depth. And so far, Coach Knight is, is proving us all wrong and, and a great start for them. Yeah, p- potentially one of those situations where you lose a ton of really good guys and the guys that – return they they know that they've got to step up and they do um they've got a huge game on friday hosting hopkinton uh which is a three sitting at three and one gonna be hungry yeah be hungry to prove that look we haven't disappeared like we're still the same hopkinton team and you know outside of the playoff game to laconia lost to laconia last year i think that was the closest game campbell had last year was against hopkinton 
um, you know, they, they won that one in the regular season. But, yeah, like you said, they're going to be hungry to get that. Game is at Campbell Friday afternoon. Um, you know, so um, actually maybe a nice appetizer for me before I head over to, to see Dairyfield St. Thomas at 6 o'clock Friday night. Showdown on 200 feet of teams. Yeah. Um, I don't know any other any other thoughts on uh, on Division Three. I know they've got the they they, they really do take the week off. Uh, they really do for April break. Um, I don't think I mean maybe one or two games going on during that week, um, but it's kind of like everybody plays Friday and then we'll see you again in May. Uh, you know, I think you you said it earlier. You know, Plymouth with that with that four three with that four three loss to Bo every year, they just get it done. They find a way. They've got athletes. You know, they start the season with with two wins over over Stevens and Brady. We don't have a Laconia score in there yet, so I I, I don't know off the top of my head what happened in that game. But I mean, prove that you know Plymouth is going to be a team to be reckoned with come playoff time. Uh, Laconia, you mean from today or from third? From uh, from the fourteenth, from earlier last week. Uh, they beat Laconia. That's weird. It's showing up on Laconia's schedule, but not uh, on Plymouth. But not on Plymouth. Uh, it's just not yes, connected. So, they, so, yeah, so, so Plymouth, so Plymouth sitting at three and one right now. Yeah, and and looking like. You know, they we, we wondered, you know, how are they going to be in goal? How are they going to be on defense? Um, and it looks like they're going to be just fine. Um, you're going to get you're going to get a little bit more information on on uh, on on Plymouth come tomorrow. They're uh, they're at uh, Pelham travels to them tomorrow. So that that'll be a huge one for for playoff seating in Division three. Yeah, Pelham off to a nice start, too, with with a, a win over Laconia the other day, um, sitting at two and one. A tough four-three loss. You don't see a four-three loss very very often there. In fact, I, I think that was another double or triple overtime game there too. Actually, I think you're right. It was. Yeah, I remember um, following that along on that on, on Twitter. Um, we've had quite a few overtime games. It feels like already this year, or at least seeing a few makes it feel like there's more than there usually is. Uh, any uh, any final thoughts on uh, on anything we didn't cover um, this week? No, uh, you know, I, I, I know you wanted to, you had uh, you had a little final thoughts on some stories that we wanted to, I just, in general, um, I think it's been a great start to this, it's been a great start to the season, um, and we're going to get some great games coming up over the next, over the next couple of days, and, and not only Division One but, but all divisions there, so there'll definitely be things to come out and see, but uh, Joe, did you want to, you want to take yeah, us home? Yeah, I wanted to, uh, I wanted to take a couple minutes to talk about um, something personal, um, I know I have talked about this. I know we've talked about this on the podcast in the past, but it's been a couple of years. I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm assuming we have some new listeners that are new to the site, to the podcast, and I just wanted to get into a little bit on um, why this site exists. Um, as some of you may know, um, in a previous life, I worked in newspapers. Uh, was what I wanted to do coming out of college. Um, worked at a paper in Kentucky for a couple of months right out of college, went to another paper in, in Pennsylvania, uh, actually near where I went to school in, in, in Pittsburgh. I uh, was there for a little while, moved back up here, uh, worked at the Milford Cabinet for a little bit. Uh, after it got bought by the Nashua Telegraph, eventually ended up at the Telegraph. Um, you know, and while I was there, when I first actually moved back here, um, my dad had an idea uh, you know, he was. I th- he might have been joking. He might not have been saying, "Well, you're you're into this, and 
you know, he, he was a, a software engineer. He's like, I could figure out the computer side of things or the, the web side of things. And my, my younger brother uh, was going to school at the time for uh, advertising uh, at Syracuse. And um, he's like, he could sell ads for, the, for this website. We could start a sports website. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's not a bad idea. Um, fast forward, I don't know, five, six years, I get let go from the Telegraph for a little while. And, you know, figure, hey, maybe it's time to act on this. Um, so a friend and I this got together. This internet thing might be around it for might a be, Yeah, might, the internet might, might stick around. It, yeah, these news, newspapers might not be the future. Uh, um, so my, you know, a friend of mine and I um, got together. He helped me set up this site. This was in early 2010. Um, you know, we get this site going. And uh, as one might expect, my dad was the number one fan. You know, my mom would tell me that he'd talk about to her about what I'd posted on the site previously. He would take his lunch break and go on there and see what I'd updated with. And if I didn't hadn't updated it, the next time I saw him, it's like, why didn't? Like, what are you, you doing? Know, yeah, you, why, why aren't you? Haven't you posted anything not yet? Hard not, I guess not. Um, you know, so he was definitely a, a huge backer of this. And uh, I, you know, I, I bring that up, um, you know, because as we're listening or as you're listening to this, April twentieth would have been his uh, 72nd birthday. Um, he unfortunately passed away back in August of 2011. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I feel, you know, despite that, that I'm fairly lucky because, you know, I, I imagine some people, you know, he, he is, his passing was sudden. We, it was unexpected. Um, you know, and despite some things that went unsaid, there were things that I knew because of his actions that he was happy with what I was doing, with what I'm doing. Uh, and probably the, the best example I can give of that was when, you know, the, the week that he died was right after football practices had started in August of 2011. And I, again, I was still at the Telegraph at the time, or, or I should say back with the Telegraph. And, you know, those first couple of days of football practice, I like to go around and talk to coaches, take pictures of things. And yeah. we'd run a, a special page in the Sunday Telegraph of all my photos from these practices. And a couple of weeks after his funeral, um, they, they, someone from his work brought home a box with all of his stuff from his desk. And in that box was that page that had been hanging up in his cubicle uh, at work, which... Um, I probably still have somewhere. I mean, maybe I should go look for that. But um, that was, uh, I, I mean, he, he, that had only been out, for, it'd been out for less than a week, you know. So he had right away taken it to work with him and hung it up, um, which, you know, kind of encourages me and, and helps me feel like I'm, you know, I'm doing the right thing. Uh, well, well, Joe, if you needed it, I, 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 think it goes unsaid but if you do need to hear it like I, I think uh I know that's why I'm I'm here doing this with you because um I do believe in the work that you do and I do believe it matters to a lot of people to the listeners to people who visit your website to people who read the articles that you produce um you know I've told you many times before and we've joked about it I can look up the Boston Celtics score or the Bruins score on my phone in a matter of seconds um, I think that the things that really matter are the, are the things that our, our high school kids are doing and the athletes that are doing. And that's that's worth uh, the special interest stories and everything that you're doing for them. And, and you change lives by doing it. And I, I know that's a cliche that gets thrown around a lot. But, um, you know, I know how it's made the day of a lot of the athletes that I've coached. Um, and you truly do do special work. So I know um, 
without being savvy, I know your dad would be very proud of you right now because you do tremendous work. Well, thank you. I, I, I appreciate you saying that. Um, did, wasn't necessarily why I brought it up. I, I, I will never not want to hear, you know, something like that. But, um, but, you know, just wanted to, to throw it out there to people, you know, with again, with with, uh, you know, the 20th being his birthday. Always a, an interesting time of year. We tried um, or we, we I shouldn't say we tried. We did for a couple of years after uh, he passed my mom and my brother and I um, both my parents were from the Pittsburgh area. Uh, so he was a huge Pittsburgh sports fan. Pirates specifically because they were the ones that were good when he was growing up, not the Steelers, and Penguins didn't even exist then. Um, I'm dating him and myself, I did, although I did say how... I was just trying to picture the last time the Pirates were good. Uh, oh, well... Hey, Late they're, 80s, they're, Barry Bonds, they're over Bobby Bonilla. They are over like. 500 as we're recording this right now. <laughs> not that that means anything in April. Um, you know, But we would try to go, to, uh, go back to Pittsburgh for a Pirates game um, around his birthday... Um, just figuring that that's something that he would want to do. Sure. Um, we were able to do it for, for about five years, and life kind of, you know, got in the way of that. But, um, yeah, always uh, always a time that um, try to reflect on things. So wanted to mention that. Yeah. Well, again, I, I Joe, you're doing a tremendous job. And, and, you know, we said it the first week, there, there's I, so much content on the website every single week. Uh, I don't think people real. I think a lot of times people assume you have a giant staff with you. <laughs> it really is Joe. Joe is doing this himself, uh, and and so again, <laughs> I think most people are very happy. But if you ever do get frustrated, please know that it is Joe that's going around to all these different things. So I'm I'm proud to support him and and happy that he's doing it. And uh, it's a great thing for New Hampshire lacrosse because um, I mean that's that's why I'm out here right now. Like I want to see New Hampshire continue to have one of the. Uh, premier lacrosse destinations for uh for for kids who want to play at a high level and, and want to continue to play in college and even just just have a great high school experience and I, I think you're helping to contribute you definitely are helping to contribute to that well i, I and a big reason i do it is because i love doing it you know i i know i've told you several times and i i'm, I'm i've never picked up a lacrosse stick i never touched a you know uh, it wasn't a sport that you know i played i played baseball when i was little but ran track when i was in high school you know it's not I never saw a lacrosse game until I moved back up here to work, you know, with the Telegraph and the Cabinet. So it's it's a sport that I've grown to, to love watching over the last 10, 15 years. And I, I really enjoy doing this, not just this podcast with you, but this coverage in general. Um, it's, it's a lot of fun and it really um, it's really rewarding to hear, f- you know, from people like yourself and from listeners and followers that um, that they enjoy it, too. Well, Joe, as you think, as you know, on the way to wrap it up here, I think you have uh, the lacrosse community is one that's very close knit and one that uh, supports people that support it. So, you know, I, I think we're all behind you and hope you continue to do this for a long time. That's the plan. That's 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 the plan. As long as uh, as long as um, whatever higher power you believe in allows <laughs> me to and uh, whatever. You know, as long as my wife allows me to as well. I should so we got to keep paying the there. bills for you. I so, I mean, so that's the way we're wrapping it up. People, get there, get sign a subscription, up for a membership, sign up please. for a membership. Yes. All right. I think that's uh, that's probably going to do it for us tonight. Um, Chris, thanks again for joining me. Um, really appreciate it. Again, um, thanks to the people at Backyard Brewery for letting us uh, hang out here for a little while tonight. Um, and, uh, of course, thanks to Prolax Customs for sponsoring the show. We'll see you next week. Yeah.